0: Good morning. The, the fact that I was uh, recognized as a, women, a leader of, of women's ministry, pastor, it was only about a year and a half ago that I realized for the first time in my life that I knew what I was called to. And uh, all those other years, I was just assisting Yuri and, and um, helping alongside him. But um, but whenever I, I did everything in the church, you know, I did from, from kids' ministry, nursery, to youth, to all of it. But I always felt like, after a while, that I would be just kind of drained, and I wasn't, it wasn't life-giving. And so I always wanted to find out how I fit, what was my lively stone, what did it look like, how did I fit in the body. And, um, but in the meantime, I was v- very much pursuing my walk with God and, and um, becoming... Uh, who God has made me to be, and I realized um, that all the t- all the while, I was doing what God has called me. I was being a mother. I was, you know, that was a call, okay, but it wasn't ministry, as and many of us are trying to find our call in ministry, but I don't think that your ministry is your identity. It's part of it, but anyway, it is so cool, because the Lord showed me about a year before he, he began t- t- showing me what I'm called to that, i 've never called i 've never been called to ministry, and I, I was only in ministry by default and <laughs> and um, then because he didn 't just tell me that so I can tell yuri i 'm not going to be in ministry anymore because i 'm not called I, He did it because he was going to call me and so I just want to encourage everybody to just continue to pursue what God has called you and in your life where what, what he 's calling you to to uh, steward and to minister to and the day will come when, when, when you'll, you'll know where you're plugged in uh, I have a hard time this is so big for me I, I'm like hidden I'm gonna come out cuz I need to come out right this is my coming out day um, <laughs> that's, that's another thing I discovered I can be funny that's really who I am Yeah. So, yeah, after I got married from Yuri, Yuri was very serious, and I became serious, and I forgot how to be funny. <laughs> so, humorous, yeah. Okay, so about, um, you know, I, I shared with many of you, but some of you are new and you haven't heard my story, but uh, two years ago, or a year ago, when we first had fish, sp- Steve asked me if I would thought about doing fish, and I said no. Inside, I was thinking... Uh, no, why would I do fish? It's about finding identity, and I've been doing that all my life. I I could probably teach it, you know. (laughs) It's not like I was proud. I'm not, I wasn't doing that. (laughs) I was just trying to, I was just trying to, um, justify why I was having these feelings, right? But anyway, I just missed it. It's like, I don't have time for that. Anyway, this year, uh, Yuri asked me, and all, and my response was, um, I guess I'd be open to it if that's what God would want me to. And then the next day, God began sh- showing me very clearly that's what he wants me to do. And so I encountered a lot of emotions. And one was that my spirit was very open and wanting to do this because I knew that it was part of what he's asked me to do to prepare me for, my, for what he's called me to but there was a, another part of me that was very was very annoyed at God that he would ask me to do this because it's going to take up more time and I don't have a lot of time in my life and, you know, anyway, for whatever reason. But I was, you know how the next Sunday I stood up and I shared this and I said, I am going, there's not a devil in hell or least of all this flesh that is going to keep me from my destiny. I'm doing this, right? But what I didn't tell you is that I couldn't shake that feeling, this annoyance that I had to do this. The whole time, it was there. And I just kind of like pushed it aside. And well, two weeks ago, our first uh, weekend of um, fish, I remember Sunday afternoon I was sitting back there and I was thinking, okay, God, I'm here, but I don't have to like this. (laughs) And... Then it was just, we, we the next, okay, it's Sunday afternoon, and then Monday night. Monday night, um, Papa Steve's son, Ethan, was leading worship, and I was back there, and it was really powerful, and he has a, um, a way of inviting you into, and almost like a soaking worship type, and all of a sudden, it in my heart just like, see, you have to understand about me, something about me. I have a history of thirty five years walking with God, and I always give in to God I in the end I might there was a season where I would wrestle, wrestle, fight, finally I'm like, God, you don't give me a choice. I have to give up because you make me so miserable that I have to find my peace and I just do it right. Anyway, I learned to trust him, and now, you know, I always give in. That's my heart. I ha- I can't live with myself if I'm against, rebelling against God. So during the worship, I, I just started repenting. I said, God, I am so sorry that I am having this attitude. And then I heard the Lord say, you know why you're having those feelings? He, and he said, because your heart has gotten uh wounded. Your heart is wounded. And he brought that scripture to me that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it was so incredible because I realized that well, all the time that was going on is because, you know, there's two things that I've been contending for for years and years and years, and 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 I know that I will never stop contending for that because I know that is my promise from God, and that is what God is. That's my inheritance. That is mine, and I'm not going to give up. But I haven't seen any breakthrough. And so the Lord began showing me that that was why my attitude was when God asked me to go to fish, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, God, you know I'm going to say yes. And when are you going to say yes to me? Anyway, it was beautiful. And, I, you know, and uh, then last Sunday I came. And everything was different. Oh, my goodness. I love fish. It's like my spirit just soaks it up. And I just can't wait to come. And it was just, you know, I had no idea that something like that could keep my heart. That when hope deferred, when when you have hope deferred, and, and this is what the Lord said. I want you to share it today because there's more of you that are here that have you closed your heart to, to um because you've been contending for breakthroughs for so long that it has your heart has become sick, wounded and you have closed it down to protect yourself because you can't you don't want to be disappointed anymore and you just don't know how long you can do this and so it actually closes you off from other stuff it actually closes you off for your breakthrough and so I just told Yuri Yuri I want to share it this morning because I I want him to pray over those of you that and me even, but this is what he, he, he said. He's going to heal my heart. I don't know how, what that's all going to look like, but I trust him, and that was released. Now I'm able to receive what he has for me, and so, yeah, so this is what I, this is why I'm sharing is because I feel like Yuri needs to pray and just release grace. Oh, and I'm going to share this too. With my son-in-law was here last Sunday, and, and, and he's somebody that um, he does not... He's not a faker. He will not say something or do something if he doesn't feel it or if it's not real for him. And, um, and he was um, in the back, and he said, when during that ministry time, he said, I just found myself just, like, falling on my knees, and I just started sobbing. And he's like, I don't know, something happened to me. And, and he was sharing it with me, and he looked over to his wife, and he's like, I, I haven't, she, she hadn't heard it even. She, he didn't even tell her until then. But then I was telling him about what, what I just shared with you. And he's like, man, he's like, um, that, that's me. That, that, that is what God has been telling him that all the time that he's been, in the past, he had a passion for God. And he knew he had a call. And for some, and he, he, his heart, he got disillusioned with things. And he said, the Lord showed him, it's not too late. You haven't missed out. On your call and what God is in, yeah, what the call of God on your life. So that, I just thought that was really precious.
1: So somebody relate with that. You've been believing and contending for things for so long that your heart, you recognize, has been wounded. If that's you, I want you to stand, or raise your hand if you can't stand. I just want to pray with you. Amanda could have done the praying, but she's used to coming to me and say, you pray. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, right now, we're recognizing that there's wounding that's taken place in our hearts because we've been contending for promises that we felt that you've given us for so long. That disappointment has infected our hearts. And it's hard to believe because of the disappointments. And hope has been deferred. And it looks so hard and so impossible. And so right now, we just give those disappointments to you, Jesus. We're asking for healing for our hearts today. That you would take all the areas of wounding and that healing oil would flow over those places. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to partner with us and to unravel the things from our hearts, from our minds, from our emotions, and even from our memories that have caused us to get tangled up in this stuff. Right now we're choosing to forgive anyone who contributed to our disappointments. Holy Spirit, would you bring to our mind anyone that we need to forgive that's tied to this condition of our hearts, that's making it really hard for us to operate in the faith that we need to operate in. Would you bring to our minds even specific instances where people hurt us, disappointed us, Cause discouragement to come over us. And right now we're choosing to forgive them. And Lord, even for the places where we felt that you let us down, where it's hard for us to trust you because of that, Right now, we're choosing to forgive you. We know that you didn't do anything wrong, but it felt like it because of the disappointment. And so we're choosing to forgive. And we're asking you to restore trust in our hearts toward you. And Jesus, we're asking you to show up in the midst of those painful memories and to show us what's really going on. That you would dispel the lie with truth. That you would heal those hurtful places. Jesus, what was really going on? We want those places in our hearts, our minds, to be set free. Wherever we've been believing a lie, Jesus, would you come as the truth that makes us free? We're asking you to restore our hearts back to joy, back into a place of peace, that hope would fill our hearts again, That fresh vision would spring up within us. That joy would become our portion. Thank you, Lord, that we're here to fight another day. And that we're going to prevail over the enemy. That we're going to see all the promises that you spoke to our hearts being fulfilled. I just feel like I want to ask you to put your hands over your eyes. Lord, wherever we've not been seeing things clearly, we're asking you for upgraded sight, that you would give us new lenses to see life through, to see you through, and to see our experiences through so that we could see things clearly and that we would not have distorted or divided vision. Help us see things the way that you see them. Help us to see things clearly. Thank you for that, Jesus. I just speak to your eyes physically, spiritually. I command your eyes to come back to proper sight now in Jesus' name. Clear vision clear perspective, no more distorted vision in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. You may be seated. Thank By the way, I want every one of you to realize that you have what it takes to pray for the sick and see them healed. Every one of you. You don't, need to, you don't need to call a preacher. If you need to, fine. But I'm just telling you, you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit to pray for the sick, to pray for the oppressed, to pray for the afflicted, and to see them being healed. Jesus didn't take people through a nine-month training class before he sent his disciples out to heal the sick. He said, go heal the sick. Amen? You have what it, if you're in relationship with Jesus, you have what it takes to heal the sick. Lay hands on them and let Jesus work through your hands because they're now his hands when they're sanctified to his purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to give you a real quick report from the future. Amen? There's a place where all the promises of God are yes and amen not just in theory but in experience in that place the things that you tasted of in the past are now a normal part of life i'm not going to quote a whole bunch of scriptures if you know the scriptures you're going to recognize them as i talk to you because this is full of the word All of us have been wired for the supernatural. If you don't believe that, uh, look at our kids and grandkids. What do they want to be when they're kids? When they're just little growing up? They want to be a superhero. They want to have a superpower. That desire was put in them, hardwired into them by the Lord. And if we don't bring them into the kingdom and introduce them to what God has for them, the enemy is right there to hijack that. He'll do it through Harry Potter. He'll do it through all kinds of nasty things that defile them and mess them up and contaminate their spirits. Okay? In the place where I've been, the supernatural is a way of life. And that might offend some of you if you still got some old ways of thinking. But I'm here to tell you that Adam and Eve were created to live in the supernatural. They were clothed with glory. That's why they didn't have physical clothes on. They were clothed with glory. Where the glory is the supernatural Is natural okay man was created for that to walk naturally in supernatural dimensions Satan has been trying his best to hijack the idea and bring people into the supernatural through illegal means the problem is it always leads to bondage for those who receive it and for the poor victims who empower it Because for the supernatural to be restored, there has to be a sacrifice to empower it. It's a spiritual law. In order for supernatural intervention in the affairs of men, there must be a sacrifice. And the enemy knows that very well, and his servants know that. And that's why they are shedding the blood of the innocents to empower their supernatural. Jesus gave his life as a perfect sacrifice in our place for forgiveness, to restore us to righteousness, and to the glory which follows righteousness. So when God makes us righteous, he clothes us with glory again. Satan uses counterfeit means. He uses the blood of the innocents to empower people. People who give in to his seductive invitations find themselves being ensnared in a web of deception and darkness. If you give in to Satan's invitations, you'll find yourself in a battlefield. By the way, we're coming up to Halloween. It's just a little bunny trail here, but I think it'd be really good to dedicate Halloween as the one day when nobody masks. Just saying. Instead of everybody wearing masks, let's everybody not wear masks that day, right? Um, just being funny. If you give in to Satan's invitations, you're going to find yourself in a battlefield. The Problem is, you'll find yourself on the wrong side. His infectious toxins in you will have you fighting against righteousness and becoming helpless victims in his war on righteousness. There are massive warriors on his side. Giants of intimidating size. They blow lots of smoke at you, intimidating the fearful. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind so that we can function clearly. One reason why I despise Any unnecessary use of pharmaceutical drugs is because I know what they do to your mind. And I know the enemy's plot to put a fog into the minds of God's people so they cannot function clearly in their assignment from heaven. And if I can help it, I I won't buy into it at all. I'm not on medication. I don't intend to be on medication. My wife's not on medication, praise God. She doesn't intend to be on medication. I'm not condemning those who are, but I'm telling you, be seeking God to come to a place where you're free from the need of it, in Jesus' name. Because if, I'm speaking as an ex-drug addict, because that's that's what I was. And when God released me, when he set me free from my addiction to drugs, and when he restored my mind that I destroyed through drug, and then it took a miracle— you know, your mind doesn't, once you destroy your brain cells, they don't come back unless God does a miracle. Well, God did a miracle over a 10-day period of time where he took my appetite away and, and the, the thought and the smell of food was repulsive to me and the power of God came down on my head and I didn't even know what he was doing. I have no. It wasn't until afterward I realized my mind was back. And, and I've, I've never had a desire to put drugs into my body since then. That was 35 and a half years ago. Amen. Listen, the last place I want to run for help if I'm afflicted with something is a medicine cabinet or a doctor. That's the last place I want to go. I'm not, I'm not too weird, I don't think. You know, and I spilled my bike and ripped my calf and my leg open, I went and got stitches to shut them up. I wasn't gonna, you know. When I broke my arm, 10 days later, I finally went to the, have an x-rayed and find out what's going on because my wife started getting mad at me. I mean, they didn't do anything but take x-rays and, and tell me to be careful, which I already was. The enemy has occupied cities in land that is part of our inheritance. We get to besiege those cities under the leadership of Jesus, who is the Lord of the armies of heaven. And as we bring down the strongholds and we rescue the hurting and we lead missions into enemy territory, which is what we're all called to in one way or another, not only are we coming into our inheritance, but we're helping Jesus claim his inheritance. Because the Lord's already promised to give him the nations as his inheritance. So staying at home because we don't feel safe going out there. Staying isolated because we're not sure that you know we don't want anything to jump on us is no longer a viable option for God's army. Amen? Well, we've got a busy life, and, you know, we've got, yeah, you know what? Uh, It's probably going to get a whole lot busier one way or another, and you better decide what you're going to busy your life with. Is it going to be with the Lord's work, or is it going to be with your own stuff? Because, because we're coming into a time where we've got to make up our minds. Are we part of this army or not? And none of you are called to be a one-man or a one-woman army. You're called to be part of a team and connect with God's family and to report for duty. Amen? Amen? Because we're aligning with our purpose, and our purpose is in alignment with Jesus' purpose, We're able to leave the limitations of a natural life. A while ago, I gave the analogy of a jet plane taking off and why it's able to leave the limitations of gravity. It's because it's moving forward fast enough into purpose, into what it was created for, that it's able to leave the ground and do something that a piece of metal isn't supposed to be able to do. And that is to soar through the heavens. And that's a picture of you. If you get connected to God's purpose for your life and you begin to move forward into that purpose, you can be, actually be launched into a realm of the supernatural that you get to live in. Case in point, Mark Guggens and his team over in Pakistan. Can't wait to hear all their stories when they come back. But they're doing Book of Acts-level stuff, and God is showing up in Book of Acts-level ways. To hide them from the enemy to, 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 to blind eyes to to let them do things that you're not supposed to be able to do to bring people that are on the death list in afghanistan across the border surrounded by taliban and bring them into christian communities in pakistan right now where they can hang out until it's safe for them to return to their home in afghanistan some of them are choosing not to go they're saying no way We're going to stay here. We're going to to trust God. (laughs) You know, the world is not worthy of them. That's what Scripture says. Because of the raw faith that is encouraged that's operating in their life. If I meet some of those, I will kiss their feet. Because I want to honor what God is doing in their life. They are courageous warriors that heaven is recording as heroes of faith. And I want to wash their feet. I want to honor them. Our senses will be heightened with the supernatural. Our ability to love passionately and rescue the hurting empowered by that love will be supernaturally charged. You know, when the love of God begins to consume you, you don't care anymore what risk you need to take to let that love flow through you. Because when the love of God constrains you, it's something supernatural. It goes beyond your human emotion. It actually empowers you to do impossible things. Our weapons of war are supernatural. Releasing captives and releasing deliverance, healing and full restoration to them. They're supernatural weapons. But those weapons don't work when we're trying to fight our own battles to further our own ends with them. That's when we get disappointed. They're meant to be used in the battlefield against darkness. And we have to get beyond our own battle. That's a hard thing shift for some of us to make, but you'll recognize when Jesus sent out his disciples to teach and to preach, and he told them where to go, the, ne- the first verse of the next chapter, if I had time I'd go there, but I don't want to take too much time today. The first verse of the next chapter said after he had sent them out, he went and taught and preached in their cities. If you'll go where he wants you to go, if you'll be faithful to do what he's assigning to you, he will be faithful to minister to the ones that you love that you're leaving behind. That probably wouldn't listen to you anyway. Because the prophet's not without honor except in his own house and among his own people. Amen? So he's literally, I I see that as him making covenant with us. You take care of what's important to me and I'll take care of what's important to you. You fight my battles, I'll fight your battles. Amen? It's time to beat your plowshares into swords and your spears into pruning hooks. The battle of the ages is before us, and we were created for this. If you're drawn to this place, you're drawn to a special forces training camp, and this is your time. If you're not called to the front lines of battle, there are supporting roles that are essential roles. Supply lines, intercessors, medics. There's a generation that is hearing the call. Don't hold them back or be a wet blanket. If all this sounds way too violent for you, I have two suggestions for you. Get filled with the Holy Spirit's power and let him change your mind. Or find a place where you can be comfortable. Because I've been called, I've been called to two things. And that's to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And I'm going to close with this as we prepare for communion. Joel 3 beginning in verse 9. Proclaim this and this is this is just I'm ready to go bear hunting with a switch. I don't know if you noticed that but <laughs> I feel I feel a beat of warfare reverberating through the air right now. It's time for us to prepare for war. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. How many of you feel weak this morning? Declare, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Assemble and come, all you nations, and gather together all around. Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. We have mighty ones among us here. Some of you don't know it yet. But Daniel spoke of these times when he said those who, are, who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Some of you don't look like superheroes on the outside, but inside of you something is reverberating in your spirit right now. And you're saying within yourself, I know that I'm called to be one of those. Amen. I may not be physically all that and... Whatever, but I know there's a warrior heart inside of me that Jesus wants to use. And I'm here to agree with that in Jesus' name. That's the truth. If it's just reverberating in your hearts, you're one of those. Yeah. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the wine press is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. That's our world right now. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will grow dark, the stars will diminish their brightness, the Lord also will roar from Zion. This is that. Let the Lord roar from this place and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake. The heavens and the earth will shake. Now, the heaven where God dwells, obviously, is not going to shake. But the heavens, the atmosphere where principalities and powers have ruled for too long, are shaking right now. And the earth is shaking right now. But the Lord will be a shelter for his people. I've got news for you. You have the opportunity to live in the eye of the storm. You have the, you have the opportunity to be in the eye of the hurricane and to see all that chaos going on all around you and it not move you and it not affect you because you are, are the apple of his eye. But the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy, and no aliens shall ever pass through her again. If you're thinking of aliens, think of illegal aliens from heavenly realms that have been violating God's space for too long. It's time for them to come down. And I don't know about you, but God put a sword in my hand for a reason. That's not my hand, it's in my mouth. He made me to be like Jesus. There's a sharp two-edged sword that comes out of my mouth. There's a sharp two-edged sword that's supposed to be coming out of your mouth. And it's the sword of the Lord through which he's going to smite the principalities and powers of darkness and bring them down. And, and, And right now, I want us to be um, hearing, starting to hear from the Lord as to what that means for our corporate worship. I feel like we need more times of getting together in, in worship and warfare and, and praise and, and declaring what God wants to release into the atmosphere of our region. Amen? I know some of you live a long ways away and it'd be hard for you to gather together more times, but there, there, there's a... There's a uh, I, I don't know how the Lord's going to put it together, but something needs to happen to where we spend more than several hours at, on Sunday morning going to war against darkness. Uh, there, there's there's a mobilization that needs to happen, Amen. So let's be praying about that. So let's stand, Father. I thank you for sons and daughters that are called to be valiant warriors in in, in this. Battle of the Ages that we're being called to. I thank you that there's a wake up, that there's a wake up call that's happening right now. You're stirring hearts. You're 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 stirring the pot. You're you're uh, releasing us from focus on, on ourself and, and how we feel and and what how overwhelming our own circumstances are. And you're beginning to show us there's a battle to engage in. There's there's a uh, there, there's a team to to connect with. Uh, there's equipping uh, that we need to respond to. There's there's things that are more important than our trivial needs and comforts right now. There's a there's a battle that needs to be fought for the destiny and the future of our nation and and the nations of the world and there's places that you've assigned us there's things that you've been equipping us for there's things that you put in our hearts that are beginning to rise up and we're saying lord where how when and this is the time for uh, you to begin to assign us and, and we recognize holy spirit that you're the one who baptizes us together into a body that's what your word says and so Holy Spirit, we ask that you immerse us exactly into the place where we're supposed to be in the army of the Lord, that you begin to show us our mission, our assignment, because we're wanting to report for duty and to see the the enemy be routed and God's people set free to release heaven on earth, which is our assignment, and and to invade the nations of the earth. And Jesus, we want to see, we want to see you come be able to come into your inheritance because the Father has already promised you the nations as your inheritance. Show us our, our part. Show us our role. Visit us with dreams and visions. Uh, break through anything that keeps us from being able to receive all the instruction that you have for us. And we thank you for doing that for us. Thank you for that, Jesus. Now, Fathers, we come to the Lord's table. We thank you for the broken body of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you did for us when you hung on the cross. The most perfect, innocent sacrifice that's ever been offered up. Thank you so much that you were willing to endure your body being broken so our bodies can be healed. We bless this bread. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the bread of heaven. And as we partake of this bread, we're also uh, identifying with the body of Christ around the world. So much of your body is suffering right now. And we're identifying with what they're going through. And we're asking Jesus for comfort, for healing, uh, for grace, for deliverance. But most of all, we're asking for faith and courage. For not one member of your body to compromise who they are in the face of pressure. But that you would give them faith to stand even unto death. And we thank you for the blood that was poured out on the cross for us. Thank you for that precious blood. It's the, it's the new covenant in your blood. And as we receive it, we receive all that the new covenant has to offer. We ask, Lord, that you would seal us into your purpose for our life that all strongholds and agreements with death that we or our ancestors have entered into would be broken through the new covenant in your blood, that our bloodlines would be cleansed, that the enemy would find no place of accusation against us. And we thank you for doing that for us. And we do this all in remembrance of you, Jesus. Amen.